and so I love my wife, but you know, uh, I may not always feel like loving her, but that's, my feelings have no, they, they, they can't weigh in. They, they don't have a voice. I, I need to make sure that they're not being uh, the thing that leads and guides and, and directs my life. And so we need to make sure that we're, we're putting first things first. And so I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those two messages. If you missed them, you can go to our website and uh, at cotmtyler.org and you can listen to them online. And uh, so with all that being said, I'm going to be talking about humility. And so this is going to be very uncomfortable in many ways because many people, and I, and I say this with, with great confidence, many people think that they're humble, but they're really operating in pride. And there's so much pride going on that it's being very destructive in people's lives, in their marriages, in their relationships, in, 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 in a variety of different ways. And so be encouraged, though. This is going to be an encouraging message in that it's going to help you move from that place of pridefulness into a place of humility where you're honoring God with your life. Amen? Amen. Are, we, are we on the same page? So what I want to do is I want to start out with... Uh, a scripture in Matthew chapter 6, as, and we'll start there in verse 33. It says, but seek the kingdom of God first, and, or seek the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and all the, seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seeking God in his kingdom only happens through humility. It just doesn't happen uh, automatically. It, it, it happens because we're humble before him. The Bible says that the flesh wars against the spirit. Whether you realize it or not, you are a spirit being. You're, you, you're created in his image and God is spirit. And so we are a spirit being. We have a soul. We live in a flesh. And the Bible says that our spirit wars against the flesh and our flesh against the spirit. So there's this opposition that's going on constantly every day in your life that you may not even be totally aware of because maybe because your flesh is winning over most of the time instead of your spirit. Now you can condition yourself where, where your flesh is just being told what to do all the time. And that's one of the reasons why we fast at the very beginning of the year and hopefully get you on the track of living a fasted life where you're not constantly just feeding your flesh everything that it wants. Instead, you're limiting what it has, uh, uh, you're limiting what it wants to do in your life. And you're just allowing it and having it do what God would have it do. Does that make sense? And so, so what we want to do is we want to help you to have the best year possible. 2020 is going to be a fantastic year if it's your best year spiritually. And so we want to make sure that that's where you're at, that you're, that you're ready. You're ready for this year. And that's the word that I have for this year is prepare and accelerate. And we need to prepare ourselves for this year and then accelerate. When God gives us something, let's put the... Let's put the, uh, the, uh, the, what is that, the pedal to the metal, and let's go forward. And really, we want to accelerate in three main areas. We want to accelerate in uh, uh, faith, hope, and love. We want to make sure that we have faith, uh, that we're believing God for everything that he has for us this year. 
We want to make sure that we have hope and there's a difference between having a vision for, for the future and also seeing yourself in that future. So we want, when we have hope, when I talk about hope, I'm, I'm talking about having this positive expectation, knowing that, hey, we're going somewhere and I can see this happening. And, uh, and so we want to make sure that we have that type of hope. And then we want the motivation to be uh, love, that we love God and we love people. That's why we're doing what we're doing today and every day. We want to make sure that our motivation is love. Amen? Amen. So with that being said, Second Chronicles 714, I'm going to use this as a springboard today, talking about humility. And it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves... Now, notice here whose responsibility it is to humble ourselves. It's us. God's, it's not God's responsibility. It's our responsibility to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves on a daily basis, a regular basis, sometimes a moment-by-moment -moment basis. And then it goes on to say, and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will, he I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. If you go read 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, it tells us that we are to clothe ourselves with humility. That we're to put humility on as a garment. That we're to clothe ourselves. And what I'm saying is this, is that it's not automatic and it's not easy to the flesh. Now it gets easier the more that you do it. But it's not easy on the flesh. So the flesh is always going to resist humility because in the flesh is pride. In the flesh, we're going we're gonna to struggle with pride. And that's a day-by-day -day basis that we have, to, we have to treat our flesh roughly, according to uh, uh, Paul the Apostle, that he, he, he buffeted his body. That doesn't mean that he took it to a buffet and they ate as much, okay? But he buffeted it. He told it what to do. He treated it roughly. He, he commanded his body to obey God. And so uh, James chapter 4, let's look at the importance, of, uh, the importance of, of humility in our life. It says, but God gives more grace. And grace, let me just pause there. Grace is God's ability, God's power to fulfill God's will in our life. And thank God for the grace of God that we have his ability. It also means God's influence in our life divine influence. So we want God's divine influence in our life because it's his ability that helps us to do everything that he has and wants for us to do in our life. So he gives more grace. Thank God for that. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the, he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. And what this is saying is don't rejoice in your pride. Don't, don't sit there and be joyful in your pride. Be sorrowful that you're operating in pride. Instead, turn your heart to humility. Make sure that you're clothing yourself in humility. That's what he's, that's what he's communicating to us. And then it goes on to say, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Now that's the good news. He's going to lift you up out of whatever you're going through in your life. You, what you try to plow through in pride will eventually end in death. 
Anything that's done in the flesh is going to end in death. Whether you're trying to resolve something in a relationship or finances or, or ministry or whatever, it needs to be done by the Spirit of God, needs to be done by the Word of God. That's what produces life, and that's what humility is. Really, humility is this. Simple definition of humility is just that, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. When you start doing it your way, and you say, you, especially you know the Word of God, and you know what God's Word says, then that's being prideful in, when, you, when you do it your way instead of His way. Okay? And so what I want to do is I want, to, I, I want you to understand and all of us to understand that pride overestimates its ability and underestimates God's ability. So when we do it our way instead of God's way, instead of humbling ourselves before God, then we're, we're overestimating uh, our own ability and underestimating God's ability. God's the one that lifts us up. Promotion comes from God. And so he wants to promote every one of us. Are we off to a good start? So what I want to do is I want to talk about humility first. And first of all, I just want to say that this, I want to say this, is that pride insists, is, is, is insistent and humility automatically submits. Pride is insistent. Pride insists on its own way. I thought about this and I've talked about this to a few people is that there's a world system out there that's operating that is uh, promoting constant, constant selfishness. It's nothing all about self-centeredness. It's all about self-indulgence. It's all about self. You need this. You need that. You need this. You need that. It's all about self. There's a system out there that many of us don't even realize that we've gotten caught into and even, uh, uh, you know, just... Uh, have, have, have fallen into and we've started operating in that. The Bible tells us that we're to set aside every sin and every weight that so easily ensnares. I think we've all, many of us, if not all of us, have been ensnared by this world system and don't even realize it. And we're op operating in pride. And so, uh, uh, and, and, and how do we know that we're operating in pride? Because we're insisting in our own way. We insist in having our way instead of God's way and God's way of doing things. We insist in having it this way and this way only. And if we don't watch it, then that's where, that's where uh, you know, we start operating in our life and that's where we begin to enter into a place of self-destruction. Things start falling apart. Things start just, just, just unraveling and then, and then we wonder why we are where we are. And so Jesus, you know, he came to serve, not to be served. He came to not be self-serving, seeing what he can get out of anything. He came to give himself. And the Bible says that we're to model our life after him, that we're to have this attitude that he had. And so what I want to do is I want to look real quick at 1 John chapter 2 and uh, verse 15. I want you to see this. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world and the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. The word lust means desires, strong desires, out of control desires. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world is passing away, and the lust of it, and he who does the will of the Father abides forever. 
Humility, one, one of the things that humility will do is it'll break the cycle of selfishness in our life. It will destroy that cycle in our life. I, I was thinking about somebody that I admire really highly, and I, I shared with her this morning I was going to talk, to, talk, to, uh, talk about her. And uh, Christina, she's on our, our team and uh, in the office, of course, she's in the office a, uh, a couple of days a week. She uh, she's, is on staff. She works a couple of days in, in the office. And, um, and she's, always, she's always thinking ahead. She's always trying to see how she can serve. She just has this great attitude. I remember you know, I drink this healthy tea, non-caffeine, real healthy tea. And, and one day I, 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 I was in the office and then she says, Pastor, your water's ready. And I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, she had my water ready. She's thinking ahead that I was going to have tea. And I, it's like uh, my water was ready for my tea. And, and I've seen her do this in many, not just my life, in many other people's lives, where she is so considerate. She's always, she's even looking for desires that we have. And, and she'll always ask, what, you know, if you need anything, let me know. I love that from my team is that, hey, if you need anything, let me know. And, and, and they really mean it. If, or they're listening and they're just hearing my desires and then they just kick in and make it happen. She's one of those people. She's one of those people. And, uh, and I was just thinking, you know, Jesus, before we even knew that we had a need, he foresaw it and he fulfilled it with his life. He gave himself for us. And he humbled himself, the Bible says, even unto death. And he's our model that we need to just, God, I don't even, I don't even need to know if it's a command is it even a desire of yours? If, if you desire this, Lord, I'm, I want to fulfill that. I want to do that. Can I tell you that's humility? And then submit to it. You may have had another agenda. This past uh, Christmas we were, uh, and I'm, let me explain what submit means. This past Christmas we were uh, talking among our team and our pastors and we were going to do two services on Sunday because it's going to be packed out. You can look around now. We're already, uh, they, they say about 80% uh, is capacity. I think we have more than that in here. And, uh, and our cars, our, our parking's full always. And so we're needing, we're going to be going to two services this spring. And we'll let you know more uh, coming up. But, uh, but we were talking about doing two services on Christmas, our Christmas service, our special Christmas service. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we had already uh, planned on doing that. I announced it once. And then in one of my meetings, uh, Pastors Bobby and Vicky were in my office. And uh, very respectfully, uh, Pastor Bobby says, uh, are, are, you, are you locked in to doing that? Or would you consider just doing one service instead of two? And I guess he just had it in his heart. And I, I, initially I said, no, I th we're locked in. And so I always listen to my team. And uh, at the moment, uh, you know, the decision still stood. And then I went into prayer, and I just felt like he was right. And, uh, and so I came back, and, you know, history tells. We, we had one service, had a great service, by the way. It was fantastic. And, uh, but submit is this, is that you may have 
a plan or a desire that you wanted to do, but somebody else brings a different plan or a different desire, and you give up your desire, and you set it aside, and you embrace the desire of somebody else. That's humility. That's humbling yourself. Submit yourselves, therefore, under the hand of God. And, and this, is, this is the point, guys. If you want to have the best year that you could ever have, is even though you have plans, even though you have things that you already have on, on your agenda, that you're saying, God, whatever you want is what I want. And I'm willing to give up my plans, my agenda, to embrace yours. And that's, that's, that becomes my desire and my pursuit in my life. That's humility. Are you with me? And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 5, are you getting anything? Okay, so because I, I, I've got a lot of download in just next few minutes. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 and 5, it says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited or arrogant or inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own ways. For it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That is jam-packed with many ways that we could take this. But the point is, is that when we're walking in God, because God is love, when we're really truly walking in God, because God is love, did I say that yet? Because when we're truly walking in love, because God is love, then we're not self-seeking. We're not, we're not insisting on our own rights, our own ways, our own plans, our own agendas, our own thing. We're insisting on his instead of ours. Are you with me? So pride is insistent. And humility automatically submits. Second thing I want to share with you is this, is that pride is resistant. Humility, humility, humility automatically yields. Pride is insistent. Pride struggles with yielding. Pride wants its own way. It, it, it struggles with yielding to, to God's way. I, as I said, there's this war going on. How many of us are really honestly operating in pride? If I ask for a show, to, show of hands, how many struggle with pride on a daily basis? Probably, I don't know, maybe you'd be truthful and say, oh, me, but uh, I don't know, you know. Uh, but we, we, we're, we're, we're not only are we resistant, but we are really demanding our way. We're demanding our way. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified once again. It says, likewise, you you who are younger and lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, the spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe, apron yourselves, all of you with humility as a garb of a servant so that its covering cannot possibly be stripped from you with freedom from freedom of uh, 
with freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. For God sets himself against the proud, is insolent, the, ov- the overbearing, and disdainful, and is pr- uh, the, prum- the presumptuous, the boastful. And he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them, but he gives grace, favor, blessing to the humble. You know, uh, one of the things that I learned very early on as, as a Christian, uh, you, you need to understand my background. I came from uh, full-fledged, full-blown, uh, engrossed heathen lifestyle. I came from, I mean, being a sinner into uh, being a Christian in my mid-20s. I had no, really, no uh, background, no church background. I had none of this, what we got to experience today. Had no, I had had not experienced the presence of God like we experience today. I'm not experienced the, the ministry of the word like we're experiencing today. Had none of that. And so when I came into the word of God, I didn't have a bunch of stuff, a bunch of teachings, a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, bad teachings. I, I just came in and, and I got born again. I got saved. And, and God radically changed my life. And I just embraced the word of God as yes and amen. It's like, if God said it, I embraced it. So five days after I got saved, I had no problem yielding to what God said. So five days after getting saved, I, 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 I had my brother and his pastor come to my house. I was a bad alcoholic. After I got saved, I still had issues. I still had uh, an alcohol uh, problem in my life. And they said, they came over to my house and said, hey, God wants to deliver you of this. Thank God for small groups. Because basically that was what it was. It was my brother and his pastor and my my sister and and, and my brother-in-law and my mother was there. She wasn't even saved yet. She got to see this. And uh, and, and a few others. And, And so we were there. And they were telling me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and my need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and that God would radically change my life if I would just embrace that. And, and so I, it's like they showed me in the Word of God, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, they, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, Acts chapter 18, they showed me several places in the book of Acts. Uh, they showed me in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, they just took me through several scriptures on, on uh, being filled with the Spirit and, and then praying with other tongues that that would be a benefit that we, I could have and that that would charge me and that would keep me empowered. And, and, and I embraced that and I just yielded to it. I had no resistance towards it. And immediately when they prayed with me, I got filled. I got delivered. I had been an alcoholic for... Uh, over a decade, Grant, I, I'm, tw- I'm 24, 25 years old at that point. And I started drinking even when I, before I was entered into my teens. Started doing drugs. And, and that was my lifestyle. I was around it around, uh, all the time. On my 18th birthday, my, my mother and my stepdad at that point, uh, he, he, they, brought, they bought me a, a, a fifth of Crown Royal. And that's what I got for my 18th birthday. That's, that's just kind of where I was at. But I was a bad alcoholic. And instantly that day, five days after getting saved, 
God delivered me. He filled me with his spirit. I got my prayer language, which it is a language. 